Welcome to episode 131 of Hit the Mic with the Stacey Harris. Hello, hello again, episode 131. I'm Stacey Harris. This is Hit the Mic. Uh, you should know all of that stuff already. Um, so housekeeping before we dive in, uh, we're talking ideal clients today with Eleanor Strong, and I am amped about it because I feel like I talk a lot about how important ideal clients are. Uh, so it'll be fun for you guys to hear that from someone who's not me. Uh, and also she shares some really good tips on, on getting clarity and figuring this out, uh, and why it's not a one and done thing, which I think is something we all wish was true and is not, uh, housekeeping. So Tuesday, February 10th, we are doing another, the first of 2015 live episode of hit the mic. Uh, so if you want to be live for Q and a, basically you bring your cues. I'll bring my A's, uh, and we. Uh, I'll just answer your questions. Um, I'm I'm planning about an hour, uh, but in all honesty, I will stay for as long as you guys have questions. Uh, and I, I I love these shows. These are these are my favorite shows, selfishly, um, because I get to hang out with you guys and, and really talk to you and and engage. I don't just sit here and talk to myself. Uh, so come hang out if you want to visit the live show. Uh, be sure to RSVP. This is not like a webinar where there's an opt-in or anything. Uh, just RSVP over on the Google Plus page, event page, and then it'll add it to your calendar and uh, you can be sure to join us. So if you go to thestacyharris.com slash episode 131, which is the show notes for this episode, uh, you'll find a link to RSVP as well as a link to everything else we mentioned in the show. Um, let me tell you a little bit about Eleanor before I, before uh, we go into her interview. Eleanor Strong is a digital marketing strategist with a professional background in social science research, data analysis, and project management. After nearly a decade of creating digital information management systems for nonprofits, research institutions, and small businesses, she started her own consulting business to help building on help budding entrepreneurs to systemize the process of discovering the right business. She is the creator of the Avatar Discovery Course, a seven-week online video-based training program that teaches aspiring entrepreneurs to use sleuthing to discover the kinds of people they can serve, choosing a starting point for their business, and to create their first offering. Her work has been featured in the Ambitious Entrepreneur Network, Blog Talk Radio's Breakthrough Directions, and the Mosaic Soul Summit, as well as the Whole Being Zone and many others. That's Eleanor, all right? So um, let me, let's let's jump into the chat because it is a good one. All right, here we go. All right, everybody, as promised, I have Eleanor with us now and we are going to be talking about ideal clients today because I decided that we should have somebody besides me yell at you about how important these are. <laughs> so <laughs> welcome to the show. Thanks, Stacy. I'm really, really excited that you're here. Um, I... I love the topic of ideal clients because I think that they answer so many questions for you when you're trying to figure stuff out. They're like the most underutilized resource in business decision making. Yes. So before we get started, I would love it if we could take a second and you introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. So um, I am a digital marketing strategist right now focused on helping people to define their target audience and then come up with strategies to attract them. And so this is 
kind of the perfect thing for me right now because I have a background as um, a researcher, a social scientist. So um, I am all about, you know, looking at lots and lots of information and discovering patterns and things like that. And I'm also just kind of a hoarder of information in general. So I love, you know, collecting information and kind of crunching through it and, and seeing what the patterns are. And I also love, um, you know, just the subject matter of psychology and sociology and sort of what makes people tick and, and how we can reach people and show that, you know, we understand where they're coming from. So um, that is the super quick um, background on how I came to be doing this work. That's really cool. Uh, to be fair, information is like the best thing to be hoarding. It takes the least amount of space. Yeah. <laughs> Especially in this lovely digital age. Um, no, that's that's really cool. And I think, I think being able to look at large amounts of information is something that, that can overwhelm you when you look at your ideal clients because you sort of get, you do get a lot of information from them. You know, mm-hmm. you get a lot of insights from them. And I think that that can be a lot to take in sometimes. Yeah. Cool. So let's 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 shift gears and let's start talking about ideal clients. Everyone has heard me say, like I, I think I've said it in this episode already. All of your answers are in two places: your ideal clients and your your numbers, your stats. All of the stuff you need to know is there. Um, so why do you think ideal clients are such a critical piece um, in in building your business and 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 growing your business? Not just the foundation pieces, but as it grows, they're just as important. Yeah, so um, I just think that it's it's sort of like the foundational element of uh, of any strategy for marketing, attracting people, um, whatever it may be that you're promoting, whether it's you know a product, a service, even a cause, you know, like a nonprofit um, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have to first understand who it is that we're hoping to attract. <laughs> and, you know, I see this very clearly with nonprofit clients I've worked with. You know, they'll say, we need help getting more people to our website and people who we ultimately hope will become donors. And I just, the first thing I say is, well, who would those people be? Like, what would their motivations be? <laughs> and why should they care about your cause? And, you know, those people who are already supporting you, why do they support you? <laughs> what is it that they like about you? And it's amazing. People just often have not thought about that. They just sort of think, well, you know, what I offer is really great. So people should just see that you know, Mm -hmm. automatically. And so, and really what, what any of us offers is not for everyone. Um, and that is the most important thing to realize, which is why I love it when people don't like what I do, because I ask them, why don't you like it? Why doesn't this resonate with you? And then I realize, oh, they're actually telling me something about who it is that I'm really trying to attract. You know, and I love that. And you know, I had um, I've had a couple of guests on where we've talked about this, and we've talked about how in attracting the right people, there's a certain amount of like 
unattractiveness to the wrong people. Like, you have Mm -hmm. to sort of, to pull anybody in, you have to repel some people. And I think it really does come down to, like, you can't, it's not possible to be a fit for anybody. And if you're trying to be a fit for everybody, you're not going to end up reaching anybody because your message is just too all over the place. Exactly. But also there's, I think, and I, this was my fear, and so I think it's common. (laughs) I hope it's common. Which was, when you first start, you feel like, well, no, I don't want to limit myself. You know, anybody who wants to pay me is who I want to work with. For whatever yeah. service or, you know, for nonprofits, whoever wants to make a donation, that's who we want to see the donations from. Um, I think there's this sort of this fear that by by focusing in, you're you're going to miss out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I totally understand that fear. It's But the more that I work with people, the more I realize it's, it's kind of an unfounded fear because... Um, you know, e- even if there is somebody out there with whom your message does not quite resonate, but mm-hmm. they could see how it could apply to them, um, you will hear from them. You know, I've heard from those people. That's how I've wound up getting nonprofit clients because I don't even talk about nonprofits, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> in in my materials, in my blogs, whatever. Sometimes, you know, I've used one as an example here or there, but I definitely do not say that. I'm looking to work with nonprofits, and yet they still come to me, you know, because they can kind of see applications of the things that I talk about. So it's really like a matter of how you talk about what you offer versus what you actually offer. Those are two different things. Well, and I think, you know, you bring up a good point is when you do, you know, target your ideal client and you get specific it doesn't mean that everyone is going to check every one of those boxes. You know, right. You, you do kind of end up with clients who are, I, I don't know if this is a, an appropriate phrase, but it's always sort of on the fringe of that ideal client too. Like you'll, right. you'll sort of get that, that, you know, your first level connection and then you're, you'll get to some of those second level connections too, where you're like, okay, yeah, this is a fit. It's not the, like what I wrote out in my perfect picture, but it's it's still going to be a great working relationship, and and I can provide what needs to be provided. Exactly, you know, ideal means just that ideal. Not not everybody is going to be ideal. Perfect. So let's get into how we figure out who this person is, or who this group is, or you know, what are our first steps? Because I think this can be an overwhelming process. So, what are our first? What is our first step to uh, to to figure this out? Where do we start? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the way that I like to think about this is just um, step one is to really think a little bit less about yourself and, and what you want. Um, I think this is something that holds people back because they have what they think is a fantastic idea. And, you know, they maybe they create a product or service or, you know, create a bunch of content around this, but, you know, they, they have not looked, you know, validated to see that this is something that will resonate with at least some people. And so, you know, there's a lot of talk out there about finding your passion and, you know, um, designing your ideal lifestyle. And those things are important, but if you're going to be making money from your passion and creating this ideal life, it's going to have to be around something that matters to other people, not just you. So I just, 
the way I like to think of it is just think in a new way. Think about becoming a student of others' needs instead of like, what am I supposed to be doing with my life? What's my passion? And just think, what problems are others having that I can solve and how can I support them? And once you start looking at things through that lens and you're browsing blogs, you're browsing the internet, forums, Facebook groups, whatever, you start to see people are asking questions, they're describing their problems and frustrations, and you start to see, well, which one of those, which ones call out to you? Which ones feel like things that you want to address? And from there, you start to get this clarity because your ideal client is somebody who is actually a person writing in real time mm -hmm. on the internet about their problems. And you know, it works in real life too, but there's just so much available on the internet that you start to see, gosh, I, I know my ideal clients out there because this person is it, this person I'm seeing on this forum or this blog or this website. So that that is why I think a lot of people hate the concept of ideal clients because to them it's just like making it up, mm -hmm. making up a person. <laughs> I'm not sure they exist. And yeah, that's not helpful at all. You that want a real person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I, I really like what you bring up about, you know, finding people who fit that because for me one of my you know the way I make my content the way I I come up with what who we're going to have on the show and and what I'm going to talk about in my standalone episodes or over on my tv is is seriously stuff when I answer questions online you know I see them popping up in Facebook groups or Google plus communities or LinkedIn groups or the, the emails I get from people when they join the list and that you know, that's where it comes from. So if you can find those people, they'll give you that insight. Um, and, you know, we had Kendrick Shope on the show, and she talked a lot about when she first started her business. She did like a hundred interviews or like fifteen minute free calls, which were like for her they were kind of like little ideal client interviews. She was trying to get insights into what their needs were because you you brought it up too. If you don't know what their needs are, it's impossible to serve them. And if you can't serve them, you cannot make money. And if you cannot make money, you cannot live that magical lifestyle. Mm -hmm. It's a whole path. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, gosh, a hundred interviews. That's, that sounds like to me, like about right, you know, as far as yeah. what it takes to really get clear on this. And it doesn't have to be interviews. Like I didn't really do many interviews to get clear on my ideal client, mm -hmm. but I did a ton of research and observing people talking organically mm -hmm. about their problems. And I captured all these problems using my favorite tool, the Evernote web clipper. And I put these all into a file and I just went through and I categorized them. And I was like, which, which of these are really kind of saying something similar and it was a lot of work. Like, and I don't know of any shortcut to this work. It's the most important thing you can do to lay a foundation for your business. So after we have, you know, pulled together this research, what is, what is our next step? So I, I guess I kind of alluded to it a little bit already, but, um, 
I like to think of sorting as sort of the next step. Mm -hmm. You're sort of looking for commonalities in um, the problems that people are talking about, like which of these are pretty much saying the same thing. Um, and that was how I came up with my ideal client is I heard people over and over saying, I don't know who I'm targeting and I don't know how to find out because I don't have clients yet. It's, you know, a chicken or egg kind mm -hmm. of thing. And so I realized a ton of people were saying this. So I look for similarities in the wording, in the concept, you know, the general issue of what it is that people are saying. And then it becomes kind of a divide and conquer kind of thing. Um, because this huge sort of globalized problem can usually be broken down into sort of mini problems. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I do next is I love charts. So I, I have this chart that I work with people on where we break down this big problem into different mini problems and then sort of mini results that they could deliver for people. Well, and I really like the idea of, you know, and you kind of mentioned it in passing, but that point of the way they're talking about the problem is similar because a huge group of people are going to have, you know, who are my ideal clients? I don't know who I'm targeting to, but the people you want to work with are all going to talk about it a pretty specific way. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a really good way of narrowing down even inside of, you know, I want to work with people who have, you know, for me, I want to work with people who struggle with social media. That's a very large problem. Yes. A lot of people are going to have that. But the people I work with talk about those struggles in a very specific way. It's not people who struggle with how much time their kids should be on social media. It's not right. people who are trying to um, sell people into, you know, condo timeshares. Those, you know, <laughs> those, aren't, those aren't generally the people I work with. You know, it's a, it's a subset of people with that much larger problem. So I think that piece of how they're talking about their problem is so, so, is so valuable. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think a common um, sort of distinction in how people talk about problems is that sometimes people actually know what their problem is and sometimes they don't. Mm -hmm. So you've kind of got people who have a self-diagnosis versus don't have a self-diagnosis. And this is something that came up for me is, you know, really what I'm doing is not necessarily, I talk about it as ideal client, but really the ultimate benefit is better marketing and more sales and more money. But I talk about it as ideal client because my target people are people who know that this ideal client piece is important. You know, so I want people who see the value of knowing their ideal client, but they still struggle with it versus people who are like, well, you know, my, my marketing's not working and I have no idea why. Yeah. <laughs> Those people are a little further back. In, they're not as far along in their journey of seeing, you know, how to improve their situation. And, so. and I think that that, you know, again, that's a really valuable piece of information you get from hearing people talk about. Also, I think a lot of times, because, you know, it's not that we necessarily know everything we're going to teach our clients. We just happen to know more than our clients know. We don't necessarily, like, I, there are things mm -hmm. on social media I'm sure I don't know. Because it would be very hard to know all of the things. But I know more than my clients know. 
And, and that's, that's the most important piece. And so for me, I talk, I, I, I specifically see this with Google plus I'll talk about it one way because I'm comfortable in Google plus and I know the terms and, and, and I'll, you know, I spoke at an event this week actually, and somebody was asking about circles and I sort of, you know, I, I sort of blew past it because I was like, yeah, circles, you'll add people to your circles. And they're like, wait, what are those? Mm-hmm. So, you know, having that term, you know, sort of being able to meet our clients where they are. Yep. Is, is another important piece in, in sort of that, that, that gather, not just the gathering, but sort of the, the surveying of the information and, and figuring out how they talk about it. Cause that is where we get the answers for like compelling sales copy. Because we're mm-hmm. talking about it the way they're talking about it. Yeah, and the thing is that people don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's why asking questions or doing surveys is not always, you know, it's it can be of limited value in getting mm-hmm. this information. Like the example I always love to use is, you know, Everybody, you know, so when we're in high school and our history teacher stands up at the front of the room and says, all right, who has questions about chapter five? And, you know, blank stares all around. And the teacher's like, all right, no questions. Everyone's going to get 100% on the test, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and you know, the students start to panic and be like, well, no, I just, I don't even know what to ask a question about. Like, I, <laughs> I'm not going to get a hundred percent. I just, I'm stumped as to what even to ask. <laughs> and so that's a good example of why, or just the fact that people do not know what they do not know. <laughs> Absolutely. So yeah. once we've put all of this together, you know, where, where do we go next once we kind of have this information? How do we sort of, you know, we talked about, you know, charts and things, but is this something we need to like have a document of that says, this is my ideal client? Is that helpful? Um, I think it is. I mean, honestly, what I find most helpful is to have sort of all the possibilities laid out. So you've got a chart of many problems, many results you can deliver. And then it becomes a matter of picking an entry point. So, you know, picking one of those mini problems to address in your copy, in your offerings, um, and as far as who you're seeking out, um, wherever it is that you're doing your research. And so I just find that people find that very comforting in a way to mm-hmm. sort of have all these possibilities in a document. It's like, okay, here are all the different ways I could go about this in attracting people. And then, you know, I'm going to try one of them. And if I'm not finding a lot of people that fit this, then, you know, I'm going to pivot and I'm going to pick another one from the list. And I'm going to keep trying until I find a winner. And, you know, peers come into that a lot too. People who are already serving the type of person that you want to serve. So that comes into it too, is maybe you want to pick something from that list that not a lot of other people are talking about already. Perfect. And the, and the last thing I want to touch on before, before we wrap it up is, is our ideal client sort of a one and done thing? Like we figured out when we started our business. And so for those listening who are a year in, two years in, three years in, they're like, no, I don't need to worry about ideal clients. I did that. I'm done. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I would definitely say say that is not true. (laughs) 
<laughs> Not at all. I mean, for one thing, we're all evolving as people, as business owners, you know, and so we're always learning, ideally, more mm-hmm. about our subject matter, more about the things that we're teaching and helping people with. And so it's likely at some point that, you know, maybe we'll want to work with people who are more advanced, for example, in whatever it is that we teach. That would only make sense if we're learning more and more. Or maybe, you know, we experience something personal in our life that, you know, affects the type of work that we want to do, or maybe we're just tired of it. And so um, it's definitely something to revisit on a regular basis. Personally, I'm always doing it. I'm always capturing the comments, the problems, the frustrations. So you can never do too much of it. I agree. And and the reason that, you know, the reason I brought it up is, is I made the comment earlier about, you know, for me, I, I try to be just ahead of where my clients are. You know what I mean? I, I, there, I'm never going to know all of the stuff all of the time. So as I learn my ideal clients, you know, evolve a little, you know, I can, I can, you know, when I first started, it was a matter of like working with people who were trying to just grow their email list. And now it's people who are trying to have successful launches because I've done that. I can teach that. I can teach you how to do that with social media. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. uh, my ideal clients has evolved as I have gotten more experience and, and for me and how I work, tested more theories and, it, and, and, and figured out more things just in sort of not just the concept level, but in trying it and experimenting with it and saying, oh yeah, this will totally work. Um, so I, I, I love that. Personally, I look at my ideal client not all the time. I do sort of capture um, phrasing and things all the time. But I, I try and sit down uh, and evaluate my ideal client whenever there's something new happening as far as an offering or something. Uh, because also for me, the very specifics of my ideal clients vary a little bit between between my offerings. You know, The people who work with my company and my husband and I and our team for management services are not the same people who buy the Rockstar Guides. Mm-hmm. So, so I think it is so important to not just like set it and forget it with this. Yeah, no, 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 <laughs> not at all. No, yeah, you're definitely doing, I think, yourself and, and your community and your potential community a, a big disservice. So if people want to learn more about you and, and your process, and, and I know you have a program where you sort of walk people through this, um, how can they get that information? Sure. So um, my main site um, where I blog about these topics and, you know, have a lot of great resources is eleanorstrong.com, which is just myname.com. And if you just type my name into Google, you'll find it. My name's spelled a little bit unusually, but any version just typed into Google should work. Um, And there you can also find out more about my one-to-one program, which is the sleuthing jumpstart session. I didn't actually use the word sleuthing at all in this conversation we had, but that's just my way of being a detective about your ideal client, basically. So I work with people one-on-one to come up with a plan for sleuthing out their ideal client. So you can get that on eleanorstrong.com. And then... Um, yes, my program for discovering your ideal client is the Avatar Discovery Course. And I don't think we use the word avatar either in this conversation, but you know, it's basically the personification of your ideal client. 
So people can go to the avatardiscoverycourse.com and there are some free videos there that are sort of an introduction to um, the process. Very cool. Well, thank you for joining us. Um, it's a lot. It was a ton of great information, so I'm, I'm excited to see what everybody does with it. Uh, and, of course, thank you guys for listening, and I will see you next time.